Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys today? Yeah. Y'all ready for some Christmas action, everybody? Yeah. I don't know why I yelled that, but it felt right. Um, so glad you're here. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And uh, thank you so much for being here, especially if you're a guest. Uh, thank you, and this is your first time. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we are so happy that you're here, so excited. And this is number two of three uh, services today, gatherings today. And then, of course, we're going to have Christmas Eve here in a couple of days. We'd love for you to join us. We put it right in the middle of the afternoon so you don't mess up your morning traditions or your evening rituals. And some of you have afternoon tr- rituals. I don't know what to say. I, we just make this one of your rituals and it'll be awesome. Uh, we're going to take communion together. We're going to do a candlelight service, sing carols. It's going to be a blast. I'll preach a short message, I promise you. I know that's impossible for some of you to believe, but I am capable, just not very often. Um, but I'm so glad you're here. A uh, couple things. Um, the Sunday, next Sunday, the 29th, we are calling this Sabbath weekend, and just what that means for us, and this has been a tradition for us for years, over the last couple of years we haven't done this, but we're back to doing this, and that is we're going to just invite all of our families and our dream team, and everybody just to kind of stay home and relax, particularly our, our dream team, which serves so hard around here all throughout the year, kids point teams, parking teams, usher teams, production teams, worship teams, prayer teams, everybody's doing all their things, and so we just want to give them some time to rest, and, but we'll still be out. Uh, we'll have a message out on social media and on uh, our website as well, so you can gather around if you want to with your family and worship together, but just don't show up here or you'll just be all alone and it'll be weird for you. So just throwing it out there for you. Um, we're doing a little series called Christmas at Life Point because we couldn't come up with any better name for it, and really it's a... It's a a teaching from a particular passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to get to there in just a minute. But before I get there, how many of you would be honest enough to say that because you haven't planned well or because of whatever's going on in your life, you got a little stress going, a little holiday stress? Anybody holiday stress? Four of you. Some of you are lying. That's all I'm going to throw out. Um, like, let me just say it this way. How many of you still have some shopping to do? Anybody? Yeah? Uh, how many of you have some shopping to do, but you're just not going to do it anyways? Uh, <laughs> just, they're just not getting anything this time. Uh, Santa doesn't bring it. It's not coming, you know? Um, if you haven't done any of your grocery shopping, man, you jacked it up. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's terrible over that this one. Uh, don't go. Um, well, I want to talk today from a... 2700 year almost 2700 year old prophecy from an, uh, a prophet named Isaiah which is in reference to uh, the coming Messiah Jesus um, and so he's prophesying this 2700 years before the actual event takes place or sorry 700 years before the actual event takes place 2000 years now from then um, Isaiah 9 chapter 6 if you don't mind would you read it with me along on the screen here we go let's read it together for to us a child is born To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And all of this, of course, is in reference to Jesus. We talked last week about um, Jesus, the Wonderful Counselor, and some of you really probably, if you weren't here, you 
I don't always say this, but man, you should probably go listen to that. It might be helpful for the season of life that you're in. Today we're going to look at the last name that Isaiah says that Jesus will be called, Prince of Peace. And this, this name speaks not so much to his character as to his actual mission, like what he was hoping, what he was going to accomplish by coming. And I think that if you have any sense of what's going on in our country, in our world today, you know that we need the Prince of Peace. Amen, somebody? Now, remember that when Isaiah is writing these words, his nation uh, has been embroiled in war and bloodshed for years, and they would go on and eventually be taken captive by the Babylonians. A lot of them would be taken 500 uh, 500 miles away from their ancestral homeland. Um, And so he was tired of the fighting, and so when the Holy Spirit inspires him to say these words, he can't wait for a Prince of Peace, and I know that many of us understand and know what it would feel like to know that there was somebody coming who could bring peace uh, to to turmoil, to troubled lives. A lot of us have a lot of stuff still to do, and we were like, we'd love for nothing better than to have peace, and as we know, the holidays are a magnifier. They make the good things look better than they actually are, but they also make the bad things look worse than they actually are. It brings out the worst in people. If you go to the mall right now and you're trying to find a parking place, you could get waved the right finger of fellowship. You could get the stink eye from somebody, and that's just from your wife. You know what I'm saying, fellas? And <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> my wife's sweet and perfect in all of her ways, but everybody else is, you know, I can't speak for that. It's, it's stressful, right? It's, it's chaotic. So when Isaiah says that Jesus will be the Prince of Peace, that should bring comfort and it should be something awesome. Now, Prince of Peace, as in the language that Isaiah wrote it, uh, uh, Hebrew was the word sar, S-A-R, shalom. Sar, shalom, which when we think of the word prince, we think of the word like the son of a king, which Jesus was that. Um, but he was also the king of kings, so it's a kind of a deal there. But he doesn't really, Isaiah doesn't really mean it like prince, like, like son of a king. He means it like ruler, king, uh, in charge, the, the governor, the captain of, uh, of peace, the go-to guy. The Romans had, they had a Tsar, um, a Caesar. Uh, his name was Julius Caesar, Augustus Caesar, Nero. There's a bunch of Caesars. The, the Russians before the Bolshevik Resvi- uh, Revolution, they called their their head of state the Tsar. So this is a common name, the, the Tsar Shalom, the governor, the captain of peace. And I think if you can understand this this part of Jesus, who he is, it might change the way that you live your life uh, forever, literally. So Jesus is the captain of peace. Now, when we think of the word peace in our context, we think of it as as the absence of conflict, right? I mean, that's just the way we think of it, or uh, some bit of rest that we're getting. But shalom, the Hebrew word, meant much, much more than the absence of conflict. It was wholeness. It was fullness of heart and soul. It was peace. It was tranquility. It was a kind of perfection, not, not necessarily perfection with everything that was going on, but just this wholeness no matter what was going on. Shalom, right? And, 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 and the Bible tells us that as long as we are in Christ, we can have the peace of God. Amen, somebody? So when Isaiah says Messiah is the Prince of Peace, the ruler of peace, And now that he's come 2,000 years ago or so almost, 
Why is there still so much turmoil, so much chaos, and so much stress? Just think about when Jesus came, right? He came to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. He did that in so many ways. But think about the first Christian. Mary is probably 14 or 15 years old, and she gets told by an angel, hey, by the way, you're pregnant, and you need to go tell your your fiancé, right? And that's an awkward conversation. Can I get a witness? And you're like, so I promise you, it was just the Holy Spirit came over me, Joseph. And you're trying to explain that at Starbucks, you know, and it's like, what? Come on, and, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit overshadowed me. Now I'm pregnant with God, the Messiah, right? Come on, somebody, that's, that's hard to do. And, and then think about that, that, that fact that she's pregnant. Ladies, those of you who've been pregnant, I, I've watched my wife do this twice. At nine months, you just want it out of you. Come on, somebody, get it out, you know, like, she said that. I'm just saying, get it out of me. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to pay for that later. Um, but now you've got to go for a cross-country donkey ride, right? This is what happens. Hey, Joseph, so Joseph's like, they're married now. Hey, we're going to have to go, uh, to go do a census in Bethlehem where we are as born, and, or my family was born, and, and uh, you've got to go, and we're going to ride a donkey, right? Come on, y'all. I've ridden a horse a couple times. I don't want to ride a horse from here to there, especially not, well, if I was nine months pregnant, that would be really awkward for everybody, but um, that's what's going on. Prince of Peace enters planet Earth, and guess what else is happening? There's a king already. His name's Herod, and he feels threatened because he knows that the Bible says that, that, that the Old Testament law says that he's going to have, there's going to be a king, and he's like, is he going to overthrow me? He gets nervous. He gets, he's, he's had a bunch of people killed, and so now he's like, hey, I'll tell you what, we'll find that baby, we'll kill that baby, and just to make sure we get him, all the, babies, all the baby boys under two years of age and, uh, and younger around Bethlehem, we're going to take all of them out as well. So the Prince of Peace is born and a whole lot of baby boys are, are killed. Doesn't seem to add up. And then you go to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 2. There's some shepherds out on a hillside. This is part of the, the Christmas story. And an angel shows up to them, freaks them all out, and, and is saying some stuff to them. And after he gets done, all of a sudden a bunch of angels shows up. And here's what it says in chapter 2, verse 13. There was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth what? Peace and goodwill toward men. Well, where is that peace? Seems like there is anything but peace in our world. It would be awesome to have peace in Iraq and Syria and Hong Kong and, 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 and all of the places where there are hot spots around the earth. But, but let's just forget that for a minute. Forget peace on earth. It would be just great to have peace at home. Like Some of you would be like, it'd be great to have peace with my wife and, 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 or my husband this week, uh, wouldn't that be nice that we didn't have a big fight this week? Like, like real talk, come on somebody, real talk, right? Wouldn't it be nice if your kids on the way to wherever you're going this week didn't have a fight on the way? Come on, come on parents, y'all can give me an amen on that, right? right? Wouldn't it be nice if tempers didn't flare so quickly? If, if we can't have peace on earth, maybe we could just have peace at home and in our families, that'd be nice. Maybe even more personally, I think more to the point where all of us are at right now is the idea of just having peace within, like just having some peace inside. Because one of the biggest challenges that I see with people that I've had the opportunity to pastor for years now is that, and I've done this too, we can allow, we can allow 
fear and anxiousness and self-doubt and insecurities just to converge inside of us and create anything but a peaceful existence? Who among us doesn't have some insecurities that we deal with? Who, who, who among us doesn't have some self-doubt at times? Who, who among us has never had some about with self-loathing? Who among us has not experienced this? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if we weren't so hard on ourselves? Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't explode internally with anger just, just at the decisions that we've made in the past and the, the things that we've done? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if our insides were calm? Wouldn't it be nice if we could sit down at night and have... And, and not have a compulsion to overeat or overdrink in order to calm nerves and quiet down the noise inside of our hearts and minds. Wouldn't that be nice? Down deep inside, isn't it true that all of us long for a sense of greater peace? Inside of every human being, there is a longing, a deep God-given longing that there would be greater peace within ourselves, peace within other, with other people, and ultimately peace with God. So why does that feel like a stretch, like, like out of reach for many of us? We need the Prince of Peace that Isaiah said was coming in the person of Jesus Christ. But Isaiah doesn't stop there because in verse seven, look at this with me. He says, not only will he be the Prince of Peace, but of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from then, from that time and, and, and forevermore. Um, and this begs the question, how can that be right if we're fighting wars in multiple places and there's violence and chaos across the globe and, and there's tension and unrest even inside our own hearts? But let's talk about how this can be true, how Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and at the very same time, there can be things like this going on. I want to consider for a moment the teachings of Jesus. He is, he has been, by the text, the time we're reading this text, he's been on, on, on mission, his mission for three and a half years. He's 33 years old or so, uh, 30 years old. He starts the mission. This is towards the end of his mission, and he's trying to tell the followers, his disciples, uh, that he's about to leave, but he doesn't want them freaking out about the fact that he's about to leave, that he's the captain of peace, the ruler of peace, and he's gonna tell them where peace comes from, and in doing so, he's gonna let us in on why he can be the prince of peace on the one hand, and there can still be trouble and chaos on the other hand. He's gonna tell them how that's possible. In John chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Verse 33, here's what he says. I've told you these things, and by the way, when he says these things, chapters 14, 15, and 16 are all part of one long uh, series of teachings that he gives to these same people. He says, I've told you all of these things so that, where? In me. In me, thank you. In me, you may have what? Peace. Peace. Where is it found? Where is it found? In me, Jesus says. Now, then he says that you can have peace, which means to take ownership of, not, not visualize peace like the bumper sticker, not, not wish for it, not dream about it. No, you can have peace. It can be something that you possess. And then he says, here's where you get it. He doesn't say a set of religious practices or if you go to a certain kind of church. No, he says, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's in me, Jesus says, that you'll find peace in a relationship with me. When you 
immerse who you are into who I am and you let me live inside your heart, peace can be had, peace can be owned. That's good news, right? That's really, really good news in spite of the fact that in order for this to all happen, he's going to have to be crucified, right? So, so no, nobody's just slapped themselves when he said that and goes, oh, okay, now we're good. We, we know it all, right? Because he's not finished talking. He, he's, he's saying, hey, in me you can have peace, but look, he keeps going and he says, in this world, that's the next phrase. I want to just break this, this verse down. In this world, now, this is a big idea here when he says in this world, and I've mentioned this before, but I got to do it again. By, by saying this world, he's implying that there's another world. You with me? In this world, um, there's stuff going on, but I want to talk to you about another world too. There's two realities. The stuff that we see here, that we experience here, the pain, the brokenness, the jacked upness, if I can make that word up right now, of the world. He's contrasting what's happening in this world with the world that is emerging, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that he's come to bring that will have no end, just like Isaiah says, that he will be the ruler of it. There will be no end. The government will be on his shoulders. There will be no end of his government and of peace on the throne of David. This is what he's saying. But, but, but he said that the world that we're in right now, this world is, is broken and it's jacked up and it's filled with pain sometimes and it has hurt and confusion and a lack of peace and instability. He says, in that world, our world, he says, you will have trouble. Right? Hey, everybody, I want you guys to know that you can have peace in me, but in this world, you will have trouble. Anybody know what I mean by trouble? I'm not talking about lost my keys, can't find my wallet, which is a daily part of my life. Come on, everybody. Anybody besides me like this? Man, let's have a small group, the four, four of us, <laughs> and we'll just kind of talk about why we can't find our stuff. <sighs> it's a frustrating part of my existence and my wife's existence because she's not like me. She's got things where they go, and I just kind of go, where did it go? A lot of my energy, right? It's not that kind of trouble. It's not forgot to pay a bill trouble. It's not a bump in the road kind of trouble. It's like a giant pothole that swallows the whole car kind of trouble. The kind of trouble where you have no idea what to do next. The kind of trouble that keeps you awake at night. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? That kind of trouble. He says, in this world, you will have that kind of trouble where darkness seems to overshadow and it doesn't seem like a bright spot of light could come from anywhere where no simple quick fixes or cheap phrases from a pastor on a Sunday morning are gonna fix them. Jesus, I'm gonna be real with you guys. In this present world, in your present world, you will have some of that. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but everybody who's lived a little bit of life so far, you know what I'm saying is true. Jesus says, it will happen. And I would suggest on some level in our world right now it's happening. And that's why it's good news to know where peace comes from, where it can be found. That's why it's good news in, in economic chaos and political chaos and relational chaos and personal storms that nobody knows that you're going through. It's good to know where peace can be found. That's why he leads that. And what Jesus is letting us in on is this idea that you can have peace in him even in the midst of the real trouble that comes down on our lives. Like even with chaos going on in some facet of your life right now, Jesus, the captain, the ruler of peace says it's possible that even when the bad stuff is going down to still have some peace that will not make sense to the rest of the world. 
there are two overlapping realities working in our world. This is what Jesus is saying. Hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But there's another overlapping reality is, this, is that, th- that I'm Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the Captain, of, the Ruler of Peace, and I'm telling you where you can have. And, 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 and these are the two overlapping realities that are at work. One is that Jesus is utterly con- in control, and yet there is a world that is in chaos. These are two realities that are working at the same time, and that's what Jesus is saying to us so far in this passage. He says, in this world... You will have trouble. Here's the rest of the verse. But take heart, exclamation point. Whenever there's an exclamation point, I feel like I should read it out loud. I'm stepping on a rock or something up here. I got to get it rid of it. Sorry. There's trouble in this world. Right now. You see what I'm saying? There's real trouble. It's a nice boulder, Shrek. That's a really nice boulder. Donkeys, references. Anyways. You see why I lose stuff? Right there. That's the reason why I lose stuff. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, exclamation point. In other words, don't lose hope. Don't lose hold of your peace just because trouble comes down. Don't let this world and its troubles crush you underneath. Hold on, take heart, and here's why you can do that. I have overcome this world. I have overcome the world. In this, in this world, you will have trouble, big time trouble, but take heart, exclamation point, because I have overcome this same world that's going to cause troubles in your life. That's what he's telling us here. Don't lose hope. The same world is filled with trouble, pain, turmoil, confusion, unrest. I've overcome that with me. Stick with me. I can get you through that because I'm the governor of rest. I'm the captain of peace. I'm the prince of peace. There are two realities. One is that the world is full of trouble. Not always. Sometimes you get seasons, long seasons, where it's like, wow. Can't believe this. When's the other shoe going to drop? Anybody ever been like that? Like, it's been too long since something bad happened, and you're like, where's it coming from, right? Um, the, but there, there, there's, there's trouble, but the other one is that there is a Savior who can handle it all. That's the two realities that are working in, in, in congruity. They're working together. You will have trouble. You will have issues. Bad things can happen. Stuff will come down, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's the thing. That's the thing. There's hope for real peace. And that's really good news if you're going through something right now and you feel turmoil and angst and you feel trouble inside and you're like, I'm, I'm stressing right now over what's happening in my world right now. This is good news that you can grab hold of and lean on and I'm not done yet, so let's quickly go on. John 14, we're gonna rewind it a little bit. We were in John 16, we're gonna rewind it. Jesus says in this part of that same discourse, peace I, what? I'm going to leave it with you. My peace I'm going to give you. And I do not give to you as the world gives it to you. Which, by the way, the peace that comes from this world can come and go based on whatever is happening around us. Can I get an amen on that, right? Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And notice he says, it's my peace that I'm going to give you. It's not circumstantial. It's not flighty. It's not, it can't be taken away. It's not circumstantial. It's the same thing going on that Paul's going to try to describe in, in, in Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles turned there, if not, look at it on the screen with me real quick. He says, do not be anxious about anything, which seems like terrible advice, right? Because it's like, come on, man, or is that real? Because I'm anxious about everything. Come on, anybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but in everything, by prayer, 
and petition. By the way, the reason that we do 21 days of prayer is because of this. In everything, by prayer and petition. You know what petition is, right? Petition is when you just try to get enough names on a list to change the power, the minds of the powers that be, right? That's what we do. We, I sign one for, with consumer reports all the time to stop robocalls. I keep signing one and sending a letter to my congressman. They let me do it like, I don't even know who my congressman is, but I send it to him, right? Or her, right? And, uh, and they change the law. They just change the law. So these guys can't just text my phone all day, call my phone all day, or there's gonna be a laser from somewhere that blows them all up. <laughs> That's the kind of God I serve, y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> kidding. Prayer and petition is just knocking on the doors of heaven. Knocking on the doors of heaven. Hey, you guys, help me real quick, okay? Knocking on the doors of heaven. Knocking on the doors of heaven. Knocking on the doors of heaven. I've been, Lord, I know I prayed about this last week and the week before, the week before that, the week before that, but here I am knocking on the doors of heaven, right? Prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, can I just say this? When you have a heart of gratitude, it's hard for anxiousness to enter there. It's hard for unrest to be part of that when you have a gratitude. See, here's the thing. When I focus on what I don't have, it breeds a lack of peace. When I focus on all the things that are going wrong in my life and my world, it, it, it fuels it. So whatever I focus on, I, I add fuel to. Does that make sense? So if I change this, over here to I'm gonna focus on the goodness of God and the grace of God and the peace of God and, and, and the good things that I have in my life. Like, I wish I had a bigger house, but I'm grateful for this house. I wish I had uh, a bigger steak, but I have this steak. I don't, I don't know what, what, I wish I had got an asylum big red, but I'm gonna have um, fajitas in big red today, right? Whatever it is, I'm gonna be grateful. I don't know why I said that, but anyways, I'm gonna be grateful for that. And when I, when, I, when I add fuel to that fire, then it, it grows that inside of my heart. And this is why he says, by prayer, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and then I, get, I pre- present my request to God. So there's a process at work here. There's a process of work here. And the net result is, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, which means it just doesn't make sense to people who don't have it. We'll, we'll, we'll guard your hearts and minds. So he's the captain of peace, we learn from Isaiah. And this is where that comes in. The captain of peace will stand guard over my heart and over my mind. Where? Where? In Christ Jesus. Where does peace come from? In Jesus. That's what he told. Jesus said, it's in me that you're going to find peace. So... When I'm tempted to be anxious, now listen, when I'm tempted to feel stressed out in this moment, I remember that Isaiah said at Christmas, and Christmas reminds me that Messiah is the Prince of Peace, and so I come to the Prince of Peace with everything, at prayer and petition, knocking on the door of heaven, and I'm, I'm gracious, and I'm thankful, and I'm, I'm, I'm filled with gratitude that the net result of me doing this is the peace of God. In this world, you will have trouble. But there's another world, and in the other world that God is ruler and reigning over, and he's ruling over all of it, but in this world, he is the God of peace, and he gives us, he leaves us his peace. So it's, 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 it's otherworldly peace. Listen to me. Because the, the kind of peace that comes from this world is flighty, and it goes, oh, you got a good job, oh, you got a raise, oh, you got that thing that you wanted for Christmas, oh, well, peace for about four minutes, and then it's gone. 
The moment Monday rolls around, I got to go back to work and go, oh, it's, I got to go back to that boss again, right? If you work for me, don't say that. Come on, that, that's hurtful. <laughs> it's hurtful. It's hurtful. The peace of God stands guard over your heart and mind, which are the two very places that you always get attacked by your spiritual enemy, your heart and your mind. The captain of peace is standing there going, not today, devil. Not today, enemy. I'm, I'm right here. They came to me. Listen to me. They came to me with their stuff. They brought it to me. And even though the stuff is still going on, I'm going to give them peace that the world doesn't understand. Passes understanding. This, this is why I've seen people who are facing life-threatening diseases who are like, it's okay, Danny. I'm like, are you... You shouldn't have peace, man. You, like, you want to talk them out of it. Like, are you sure you should have peace? Because like, there's some really bad things going on in your life right now. And they're like, it's okay, man. How does somebody do that? How does somebody face a tremendous loss in their lives and they stand there and go, I don't understand it all, but I have peace. I trust God's plan. I trust God's timing. That's the peace of God which passes understanding, standing guard, the Prince of Peace standing guard over their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble, but at the very same time, take heart. I've overcome the world. And there's peace that I'm gonna leave with you. My peace I'm gonna give you. It's available to you. Now, the way that we have that kind of peace is by having peace with God himself. Listen, the way I have peace on the inside with myself, the way I have peace with other people is by having peace with God himself. See, because peace with God paves the way for there to be peace with ourselves and equips us to make peace with others. Listen, this is the foundational truth here. Peace with God makes it possible for me to have peace with myself and peace with other people. Because when you begin to view yourself in right relationship with your creator, that creator-creation relationship, when that gets in sync, when that is healthy and whole, something happens inside of us. I'll just be super honest with you. Sometimes, not that I'm not always honest, but I'll be super transparent, let me say it that way. Sometimes life goes so fast that I'll realize, Danny, you spent a whole week and you really didn't plug in at any point in some deep prayer. Like I was praying on the go, praying, praying here, five minutes there, because my brain kind of scrambled like that. But what will happen is I will find myself, when I, when I cheat my relationship with God, when I'm, when I'm not getting in God's word the way I should, I will find myself feeling stressed out and frenetic and easily angered and, and, and whatever. But find me after 21 days of prayer. Find me after 21 days of prayer. And it's not because there's not problems and there's not stress and there's not other things going on because it's still all there. God doesn't wipe it all away. But it's like I'm just going, it's all right. Doesn't matter what comes my way, God is in control. And I believe it. It's not a cheesy thing I say on a Sunday morning. I believe it because I'm walking with him. I'm keeping in step with him. And so how does this happen? And, And I'm done right here. Romans chapter five. Some of you have never had a relationship with Jesus, and you're like, how do I get hold of some of that peace? Some of you have had a relationship with Jesus, but you've let it kind of lag, and you've kind of waned, and even though you're a believer, even though you're saved and on your way to heaven, you're not feeling that. 
I want to remind you how this happens. Romans chapter 5, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified, how? Through faith. So, so, so justified is a legal word. So we, call the, we call this justification, which is that initial, that initial relationship we start with Jesus. When we come to faith in Jesus, Jesus declared us as just as if we've never sinned. So when you, think of the, when you see the word justified in the Bible or justification, it just means just as if we never sinned. So when God sees me, even though I've, I've lived a life of sin in the past, when Jesus comes inside of my heart, God sees me just as if I never sinned. You following me? How does that happen? It happens through faith. Faith is not, may the force be with you. Faith is trust. The, the Greek word is pistis, trust, belief, firm belief in God. Since we have been declared just as if we've never sinned through faith, through trust in Jesus, we have peace with whom? With God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. This is a verse, ladies and gentlemen. This is two verses, actually, sorry. And it's awesome. Romans 4, 5, 6, 7. Boom! Like, I don't know how else to tell you. Go read it with a dictionary and a concordance because Paul's smart, y'all. Anyways, now notice Scripture doesn't say that we've been justified by our good works or our religious efforts. We've been justified through faith and because of that, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Not because of our good works, not because of our efforts. We have peace with God through the Prince of Peace, Jesus, the righteous. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, who, by the way, was born of a virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is important because the Bible says that we get a sin nature from our earthly parents. Adam and Eve, in the beginning, sinned the first sins, and because of them, we have a sin nature. So Jesus wasn't born uh, of, uh, from man. He was, he, was, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and, and he did not have the sin nature that all of us have. So he was able to become the perfect sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice for all of our sins so that he could become the innocent Lamb of God who was slain for our sins on a cross so that he could give his life and be raised again so that even us in our sin we could find peace with God through the prince of peace that's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's the gospel of Jesus Christ and Romans 10 says that anybody who would call on him and anybody who would believe in their heart and confess with their mouths that Jesus Christ is the prince of peace is the Lord will be saved that's how you start having peace with God through Jesus. It's the, by the way, it's the only way. Like, I, I know I live in a, in a world of plurality where, I, oh, all religions and all faith systems lead. No, no, no. I hate to be the guy, the bearer of bad news, 
Jesus is the only way to God, the Father. Come on, somebody. That's, that's what the Bible says. He is the only way. And so we come to him with faith, and we invite him to be the forgiver of our sins. We invite, invite him to be the Lord of our lives, and instantly we can have peace with God, which paves the way for us to have peace with ourselves and to have peace with other people. And he will be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. And it's available this Christmas. It's available, the prince of peace. The first Christmas, he didn't come to give us presents. He came to give us presents, his presence, his Holy Spirit, which he said he was going to leave to become our comforter and our strength and our empower. And that's what we're leaning in today in this Christmas season. Can we pray together, Lord? Thank you so, so very much for the word of God, for the promises of Isaiah, which were fulfilled almost 2,000 years ago in the birth of Jesus Christ. Through him, by faith, we have access to God to the grace of God in which we now stand, Paul says. We can live that way. And so, Lord, for those of us who have never known peace with God, who've never had a relationship with with God, we can just invite you in, Lord. We can invite you. There was no room in the inn for you back in the day, but we can make space and room in our hearts, and you will come and you will dwell and you will make yourself at home in our hearts right here by faith. Lord, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I can't save me. No amount of good works can save me. But because you are the Prince of Peace, you give me the right, the access to God through you for what you did on the cross for me. You came in a manger. You died on a cross. You rose from the dead to give us life and life abundantly. And so we can claim, we can lay hold of that this morning. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be the forgiver of my sins. Make yourself at home in me. Heal the places in me that are broken and messed up, Lord, and be my peace. Lord, you said in Matthew, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Those of us, Lord, who have a relationship with you, but who are feeling stressed out and not rested and not having that shalom, we lay it down. We lay it down at your feet, God. I lay my stuff, I lay my hurts, I lay my stress, I lay my worries, I put it at yours. And it doesn't mean that all these things go away It just means because you've conquered all of these things, all of them, you have overcome all of them that I can access your peace in the middle of all of it. Would you bring peace on this Christmas season? May there be some stillness. May there be some silence in my life, some silent night, some holy night. Would you bring calm and peace? I speak it over some people today who are right now stressed out, anxious. God, may they just breathe. May they just find rest in Christ alone. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand, would you? Amen.
Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.